Thanks for checking out and tuning in to At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we really hope you enjoy today's show. So, um, I thought we'd have a little fun today. Okay. Um, sometimes we we're we're serious most of the time. Most of the time, um, yeah. Sometimes we try to have well, a at least on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I was thinking about something, and I thought we can talk about that, and just uh, it, as it pertains to communication. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few things, and I want you to catch this. Okay. Okay. So like, break a leg. Mm-hmm. Actions speak louder than words. Beat around the bush. Okay. Going down in flames, spill the beans, a penny for your thoughts, on cloud nine, call it a day, a blessing in disguise. All of these are idioms, right? Right. And they're Turner phrases. Yeah. And I thought about this because I was like, some of these, I have no idea what they mean. Like I was listening to somebody and they were like, yeah, a whippersnapper. And I was like, what's a whippersnapper? Like what's it, like what's it, you're a young whippersnapper. So is there an old whippersnapper? Like what, what, what is a whippersnapper? And I was like, we say these things so much and I think we kind of pick up on the, 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 the tones and when they're used. Yeah. But I thought like, do we even know where they came from? Do we even know why we say them? And I thought it could just be like a little fun conversation because um, you and I love communication. And so much about communication, sometimes things that we don't even really know we're communicating. Yeah, I think uh, what's funny about this to me is that my wife, along <laughs> with you, <laughs> struggle mightily getting the idioms right. And my wife will say stuff like "kill two stones at one time" <laughs> instead of saying "kill two birds with one stone," uh-huh. and it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. like she has a best friend who actually has a list of all the times that she's messed them up, and it's just hilarious. Sometimes we make some that, that yeah make better sense, and but a lot of times wrong. you'll get halfway into one, uh, yep. and then you'll stop and ask me what the idiom is so I can help you finish it, <laughs> so you can finish your thought. And that's funny to me because, and a lot, I think the reason we we do that is because some of them just don't make sense to us. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> and so we have we have no idea. Like, who wants to really think about? We don't go around killing birds with stones. I mean, right. we don't really do that, and so it's not in our everyday life. But but those come from such an ancient time. <laughs> and when did we but, ever look yeah. look a gift horse in the mouth? I mean, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? What is that about? <laughs> no. And so for us, I think. Communication is huge mm-hmm. because verbal communication between humans is, is a big part of who we are in God's creation. But it's also it's also a big part of what we do right. as communicators from the stage on Sunday mornings, you know, and on Thursday nights at our church now. Right. But it's like and on this podcast, so we're communicating a lot of times, and a lot of times we'll use the idioms or slang in in like the whippersnapper idea in our culture uh, and in our language and our communication, but Sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it right. because it becomes so ingrained. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the other idea I think about it to me is that without context, they don't make any sense. Yes. Yes. And so how how big is context mm-hmm. in communication? Mm-hmm. And then where does that take us when we're actually trying to read somebody's words that they wrote, whether it's on social media or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or a quote from somebody, mm-hmm. and we don't have context. Context is huge to understanding everything, every every form of communication. And so I think that's an interesting idea too. Like what, how how the context gives the idiom its power, because a lot of times the idiom standalone by itself in in our today's understanding of language makes no sense. And I think that's I think what's fascinating about that is that this is not just a us thing. Hmm. There's always been idioms in all culture. Like you can go back 
and there are things that they said that were particular to describing something. Sure. Or like a verbal shortcut that they just would have understood. And I think that's really important when you're talking about is that I, when I took some, when I took a class on on uh, Eastern literature, that's what it was all about. Mm-hmm. It was about understanding why they set things up this way, how it was different than how we do it, right. um, what putting words and putting stuff in certain ways and orders and dates with names. And it was very fascinating because there was so much there that you didn't realize that was in in the passage, sure. or it, whatever it is. And so I think that that's so important for communication is that, especially as we're trying to be learners mm-hmm. and look at things that, that wasn't written in our language. I mean, when it comes to the Bible, right? Like our people, they're not they're not American people. No. They, they weren't in our time. No. They, and it wasn't in our language. They weren't, I mean, they weren't English. The New Testament and the Old Testament aren't the same language. You know, right. and so it's just uh, they were they they were nomadic people, yeah. so they were influenced by different cultures. They had different, I just, I just think like understanding that probably goes a long way. And there's sometimes when you and I, when somebody might say, "Well, I read this passage, it doesn't make any sense," or "Why does this happen?" It's like it, it's it's out of context, and you miss some of the things in it. Like even Jesus used some idioms. Yeah, and I think for me, like I, one of the guys I follow on Twitter, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but. He basically is a Hebrew scholar. Yep. And he his whole thing is here's why it's important to read the Bible in Hebrew, like the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so he'll he'll like put a small passage in there and then he'll go through a thread on Twitter of here's here's how reading it in the Hebrew gives us a deeper understanding of what it actually means. Right. And it's fascinating to me because it's there's a lot of stuff that we would just miss reading it in our English translations. Yes. I mean sometimes we do the best we can, but reading it in the original language and what he's saying basically is because he studied it in depth, he understands the context. He's also looking at it from the historical context of when it was written, what was going on around him, what were the, the the influences of language and communication that would have influenced the writer and who wrote it. And so I think those are things, to me, in understanding each other, to be able to understand those idioms. And we know, like, from the time that when I was a young kid to now, I'm, I'm 54 years old, language has changed. Yes. I mean, there's some things that I say, phrases and stuff that I say today that I didn't say when I was 10. No. Because and I wouldn't have even known what they meant, but because yeah. culture has changed, <laughs> culture influences our communication, our language, yes. and language is always evolving. And so there's there's things that we we add into our vocabulary and into our yeah. cultural language uh, that is new and fresh. That's right? Funny. I was just laughing because I was thinking about ten year old Paul. If I was like, "Hey man, that's fire!" You're like, "Where?" <laughs> it's so like it's like that's so like you, it let's, went, let's put it out. Yes, yeah, yeah. like it's no like it was no base. Like it only fire was only one thing right. at that particular. I mean, time. you could get fired. <laughs> Somebody could fire you. Yeah, that's so funny. No, no, you're right. Language has evolved, and what and now like we just understand that. Like, but we, you think about even that phrase right there. Yes. Like, I'm gonna get fired. Okay. What. How does fire come into contact with somebody's employment status? Like, where did where did that? How did that develop? We don't know. Like, like there's, I'm sure somebody who could trace the etymology of that. Like, if they could go in there and dig into it and figure it out. But I'm saying, like, general yes. people, we use stuff all the time. That it really doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if if an alien landed and we showed them the English language and they can memorize the English language and then we started talking in our idioms, they would think that we were not actually speaking the language that they had just studied. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard to follow you along. You fired somebody? What did you like? You you lit them on fire? Like you, you actually ignited, and why, you why, ignited them? Why is that the you, same as grilled? Is what? that yeah, spontaneous yeah. combustion? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what is, what right. is what's going on there? Yeah. Um, so to me, that that's the other thing about it is our, our brains and our communication naturally <laughs> evolve, but then, there's, but then there's some people who just basically get stuck in a time, you know, of language. 
And so they just don't like, they don't understand the slang. And, and it's like, even some of the things we might say from the stage, because you and I are pretty culturally in tune. Like we always, we're always learning, listening, and, you know, we're, we're operating within the, the, the cultural movements. And so we can use some, because we know that's important to us when we're communicating on the stage. But there's some things we might say, some phraseology we might use that the 70 year old in there oh, just, goes right over the <laughs> you head. I have no know? idea. What is he talking about? Uh-huh. And so I guess that that's always fascinating to me, too, because um, there are people who just kind of get stuck. And when they're stuck, sometimes people get stuck in fashion. They just don't like, they, they don't move past what they wore in high school. The Levi's 5013C that they wore in high school, man, they're going to wear them till they're 90, you know, and they just never evolve fashionally and they don't evolve uh, linguistically either, I think. Still got them Wranglers on. You know, I mean, maybe there's some new Wranglers you could buy, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't wear Wranglers. You don't. (laughs) But I'm sure there are people who do. um, There's a lot of people who do. I just... In country music. (laughs) In In Nashville, I guarantee there's some Wranglers walking the streets. Yeah, I just think it's pretty... I think it's pretty fascinating. I mean, and I, I think the, I think the reason why an idiom works so well is, like you said before, it's hard for people who don't get it yeah. and don't understand the culture. But I think when you drop it in, I think it can tell a larger story, right? Like it, it's like it's like Jesus used parables, and sometimes the parable is a little bit longer, right? But when you think about when you read a parable, it's not that long, yeah. And he uses that, but inside that parable, it's packed full of like a it's like a big volume of theology it's like a big volume of what he's trying to say so i think that an idiom placed well does pack a punch right like yes like beggars can't be choosers okay right like we've all heard that and you can pretty much understand what it's trying to talk about like it doesn't like where does it come from i don't know but you get it like why you're you're begging for something you don't have like just accept it like be grateful right be you know don't be picky about this like you were hungry so i don't care if you don't want any soup do you want to eat? You yeah, know, we I get mean, that. Do you, do you want some broccoli? Maybe not, but you're hungry. Yes. So you might want some broccoli. Right. You know, so it does make sense. But then there are some that just don't. And like, I think, like, I remember I looked up, like, I believe, like, when you when you look a horse in the mouth, that yeah. was a way of seeing its health. Like, that's, that's how you tell if a horse is healthy, okay. by its teeth. And so it was just improper if someone gave you a gift. Like, don't be trying to look for reasons. Not like it's a gift horse. So just, if you're just, buying the just horse, accept it. Yes. you might would examine exactly. It. But if it's somebody's giving exactly. it to you, so don't look. Don't don't look yeah. at it. Like don't don't be don't be overly critical. So I'm just saying some of these things they don't make any sense. Yeah. But when you look back at it, because like we're at, not at the, horse traders now. No, or or at the time where it really matters. Yeah. Like you know, like we're like, but back in the day, getting a horse was a big deal. It was it was like getting a brand new car. Sure. Or getting a car. And if somebody like, gave you a car today. Don't be, don't be like <laughs> checking the tires. Like, hey, turn the AC on. When's the last time you changed the oil? This, you this, know? this seat's yeah. a little sketchy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The tread on these tires is kind of yeah. Right, exactly. I got you. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I guess the reason why is because it, it is it is still saying something, and mm. I, I think I think it's just really funny, just how much we rely on communication, and that that's really what I was thinking about with that. Like yeah. we're we're communicating in how we like. Our body language, mm-hmm. our facial expression, um, the words we use, our tone, um, even our turn of phrases, and I, I, just, I just think that's that communication is so important. And then I, I, I guess what I was saying is that we use some of these phrases that we don't understand sometimes, mm-hmm. and so I think like sometimes there can be gaps in our communication, and we have to be careful with that. Like, like I, like I don't know what I don't know, but sometimes I can be communicating something, and I believe that we're 
both receiving it. Right. And and if there is, like you say, if there is that alien disconnect where you don't know what I'm talking about, then I've done you a disservice in my communication. Yeah, I think a lot of times too, we communicate out of what's going on in our in our head. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife will do this sometimes to me, and I'll do it to her. Where we we start talking about something, and we realize. All right, I got I got to back up. I'm giving you no context. And I give you the the background and the context, <laughs> right? So you can understand what I'm saying. It's the yes. same thing. You're not going to understand the idiom if unless you hear it in context. But if you and you're not going to understand a thought or an idea or a request or whatever unless you hear it in context. You know, in relationship. And so I think that's important is to make sure that instead of getting frustrated, that we take the time to enlighten somebody of our context. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the context for us is what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. We were just having a conversation about the importance of, of talking about what we feel mm-hmm. because then that gives emotional context to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so important in every relationship in your life to be able to say, um, no, don't just speak uh, out of concern, but speak, speak communicating the concern. And then like, what do you think you should do about it? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we just speak the the language without actually giving the emotional context to somebody that's important. And so sometimes I have found myself like when if, if I'm stressed out internally um, and then I speak to my wife out of that frustration, mm-hmm. it, it might come across as harsh to her, but what I'm really just dealing with is what's going on inside me. Mm-hmm. So if I could communicate that to her, then it it all it just diffuses any harshness I would have to her because now she's joining me in my, in that frustration, and I think that's huge to give that that shared emotional context to be able to have true communication at a deep level. My Christian upbringing before I became a Christian because I went to a Christian school yeah. was of frustration because there was a lot of explanation. Now mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say that there was a lot of. Telling without any explanation, right? Okay. There, there was a there was a lot of Christianese, a lot of idioms, a lot of facts with no context, right? And so there'd be a lot of statements, a lot of claims, a lot of do not do this, with no context, no explanation, right? And then coming into Christianity and becoming a Christian, I, I realized that a lot of preachers do that, like a lot of churches, mm-hmm. a lot of they just they put things out there that are very bold and polarizing, right? And you know, our faith is countercultural, right? But like, give the context what that looks like. Like you, like at least explain and let somebody understand. Because we always talk about this. Like most people aren't thinking about the things we're thinking about. Most people aren't doing that. Like if right. you are, in, if you are a preacher communicating, you have to understand first and foremost that most people are not looking at the truth like you are. Right. You know, because that's what you're doing, right? And so then, if you're good at it, you're supposed to have some background, and understand a little bit more than them them as well. And so, like when you come up there, you can't just assume they're on the same wavelength with you. It's like what you right. said with your wife, they don't know where you're at. They right. don't know what you're thinking about. They don't know what you're what you're talking about. Yeah. And so, you got to give them some context. That's why that's why you and I believe in, in doing a series, right? Mm-hmm. Because a series gives you an opportunity yeah. to tell the full story. Let yeah. me take you on a journey. Yeah, you you're hearing it today, but hopefully, if you will come along at the end, you'll see. Like we just got done doing the hustle, right? And at the beginning. The first week we did it, the what somebody came up to me exactly what I thought they were going to say. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't get it. I have to work. Like I, I, I want. The, I, I knew it was going to be. I knew that right. tension was going to be there because right. we're we we are a working nation. Yes, like we, we are. are we are American. We're going to work. We're going to work. You know, man. we we leave vacation on the on the table. Yeah. And so I knew it was going to be. I was, but I was saying, give us some time. 
keep coming back. Like right. if you got to hear the story because Jesus is going to unpack the story. Right. And if you will hear it, you'll be at least you'll get the nugget of what he's trying to say. Right. You'll get the context. Right. And I think that's so important because I feel like for us, especially now, we we have a fraction of a second to before we lose somebody. Yes. Because they're like, I don't agree with that, or I don't believe that, right. or that doesn't make any sense, I'm checking out. Yep. And so you have to get story there, and you have to say, let me give you some context to hear this in. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can say I can say anything. Yeah. You know, like, I, I it, anything you're talking about, like, we can talk about, like, I believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, right? Mm-hmm. We say that. Mm-hmm. There's people who are already, that, that, that they're upset. Immediately. But like, can I give you some context? Like, can you right. let me give you some context of what I'm talking about? Yeah. And my context is gonna maybe answer a lot of things you're already feeling, mm. but just help shade in the context of what I'm talking about. Right. And I'm not just dropping this in there in my communication. Yeah. And I feel that we just I've just been more sensitive to that lately because I've just had a lot of conversations with people and I realize that they have been just they've hopped around from thought to thought to thought, yeah. even within our faith. Yeah. And they're starting to draw these lines together. And it's kind of like <laughs> if you do a puzzle, some pieces will go together, but they don't go together. But not quite. Yes, yeah. exactly. You kind of got to force it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so you have to do puzzles enough to be like, ah, it's not really right. And they're just kind of sitting there. They're kind of. Oh, oh, but, yeah. but, but, yeah. And then you realize, and you, oh, that piece really goes together. Mm. And so I feel like that's what happens sometimes in our communication, um, in our faith, in our politics, in our leadership, mm. is that we have enough. And it's it's kind of coming together, yeah. but then you need somebody to give you some context to help smooth out. To be like, no, this is actually how this is supposed to fit. Now you can make an informed decision. Yeah, and I think for us, one of the things that we're trying to do is redefine the church context because people have their visions of what the church is in relationship to culture, in relationship to politics, in relationship to everything. And so a big part of our ministry together and our passion is to let's redefine the context of the church. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we understand who we are in this kingdom uh, in operating in outside of uh, outside of the the parameters of the true kingdom that we're actually serving. Mm-hmm. We're actually foreigners. <laughs> yes. You know, and right. so reshaping that mentality right. is very difficult yes. because in a lot of ways in American culture, the church has become so mur- like the context of the church is basically been totally integrated into its cult into our culture mm-hmm. in unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole idea of God and country. Mm-hmm. Now that's not a, a bad idea in and of itself. hundred percent. But the reality is that if you merge them and the two become equal, then it becomes a problem. And that idiom means something different to anybody who says it. Right. Like just faith, faith and family, right. God and country. Right. Those things have a different context. Right. And so we're trying to make sure right. people understand that context. It's yes. just like the whole, the hustle series that you talked about, the, the beauty of it for both of us was this idea. We got to, we got to remind every, people every single week of that series, the four weeks, that the reason that Jesus goes through this whole teaching on, on finances <laughs> and money is because this guy stands up out of context right, and yes. asks a crazy question that was very selfish and it was all about his possessions exactly. and his money. 100%. In the middle of Jesus teaching about the kingdom and everything yes. else, this guy stands up and says, hey, tell my brother to give me my inheritance. Right. And Jesus is like... It's so bizarre. Okay. Exactly. But Jesus doesn't... Doesn't like chastise him. Mm-hmm. He, he does a little bit, but he says, "Jesus like knows." Okay, if he's asking that question, yes, like everybody, there's other people here in my in my hearing who need to hear this. That's correct. And so that was a teachable moment mm-hmm. that Jesus took full advantage of, mm-hmm. and he went through the parable. He went through all this teaching about our heart and our present. Like it was just is a beautiful reaction. It is 
in the context. It is. And so a lot of times people will preach the <laughs> sermon around the bigger barns parable. Yes. But they won't preach it in the context of how it, why Jesus actually said it. Like what right. was going on in that guy's life that forced him to feel like he should interrupt the healer, the teacher, and ask him to to use his power for his financial gain. Right. You know, and so the context of that is huge, right? So when we when we want to want to teach the idea of who we are as the people of God, understanding the context of what is said in scripture is so big for us. And so it's because I think sometimes we we take our Americanized contextual understanding of Christianity and we push that context into the text mm-hmm. of scripture instead of just taking the text of the scripture out of its context and letting it change and think uh, change how we think and how we feel. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was beautiful to me because I I, I just I loved that series specifically for what you talked about is that he he was able to use like the bigger barns by itself is a great story. We've heard it before. Yes. Um, the lilies of the field. Love yes. that. I mean, I think right. that's such a beautiful imagery. Right. Right. And then obviously getting down to where your treasure is, your heart will be right. Right. Or your heart. Yeah. Did I say it right? Right. right. Yeah. Where your treasure, your heart will be also. Correct. Right. We've heard those used, but like putting it in the context of why it came out right. made it so much more personable. Yes. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, cause you can hear all those things and it's, it's so spiritual Yeah, and it's good, but you got to remember like Jesus wasn't trying to really be spiritual in that time. Like he, everything was, but he was really answering to the heart. Like, he was getting down to like the nitty gritty right. of like, just kind of how we are. Like it was a, it was a very, like, I love what you said. We sometimes take our culture and put it into the Bible. Yeah. This was the Bible come back and saying, at all times, you we all been thinking the same way, yeah. and it's all wrong. Right. Like, it's all, like you're not any better as right. an American. Right. He was thinking the same thing. He yep. wanted higher intense. He wants more. It's because it's a human thing. Yes. And so I love that, given the context. And that's what I'm talking about, is that sometimes in our people, in our culture, especially the younger generation, they feel the Bible is so outdated. Right. That it's so outside of our context it's or you know it's it doesn't have the value that it has and it's like nah if you really get into it 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 just speaks the the problem is is that bible is above time and it's timeless because it speaks to the condition that as long as we are human will always be always that and that's that's the context like the yeah. bible is not antiquated because it's not bound by time to begin with right because it deals with the human condition. Yes. And so humans have, as long as humans exist, we will act this way. Absolutely. And that's the context that it is. And so like it can, yeah, it might speak in an idiom that's outdated for what we do. But if you look at the definition of it, it's still relevant for today. Right. I mean, it's a, it's, it's contextual to the, to the moment it was written. Yes. But it's also contextual to, like you're saying, the human condition across all time. Exactly. It's universal. Right. And so it, it, it does not lose its power. It does not lose its influence. It does not lose its ability to speak into the things that make us all broken. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we actually truly see it for what it actually is, then it, it should transcend culture. Yes. It should transcend the language <laughs> of our culture, the desire of our culture, the, right. the buzzwords of our culture, the fighting words of our culture, like all those things that, that will set people off culturally. Um, well, the believer should look at the text, truly look at the text in its context and say, okay, well, how, how should I think about that simply based on what I know about the heart of God in the written word of God? Thanks again for checking out this week's episode of At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure that you like and subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. We'll see you then.